everybody. Victor Brooks from the Victor Brooks Show Facebook Live Quarantine Series. You know it's the weekend, Saturday, Saturday and Sunday, y'all. And before I get too knee deep into this positivity, we about to just rain down on y'all today. I got to start my, uh, my, my watch party. So those of you who, I, I welcome you to do the same. Let's go on and start this watch party. You know, pretty much to just share this positivity everywhere, y'all, as much as we can, as much as we can, uh, can share it. I think I have mine set to go here. Here we go. Start, start, and we on. Thank you again, everybody, for joining us today. Um, I have to announce on behalf of our uh, production team, Christopher Brooks, my brother Julie McKnight, my sister, and Wendy Vaughn, who we affectionately love and call our niece. Um, we, this will be our last Saturday production that we bring to you on the weekend. We're going to exclusively go on Sundays at 1 o'clock Pacific Coast time from now on. Uh, for a number of reasons, you know, even though we are on quarantine, a lot of us are still doing things uh, outside of this positivity uh, um, uh, a message that we bring to you. We, 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 we're still, we still have other, uh, myself with music and production, Wendy with her own formats, of course, Chris and Julie with theirs. And, uh, but our dedication is still strong. Our dedication will always be here. And that's why we said, you know what, Sundays, let's do that. Sundays at 1 o'clock Pacific time. We're going to be here with you every Sunday at 1 o'clock, the Victor Brooks Show, Quarantine Live, Positivity Posse uh, series show here. And, uh, you know, we always like to give our thank yous to each and every one of you that take your time every weekend to come and join us, y'all. It's a lot going on out here, man, you know, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's something that's affecting every, each and every one of us. Uh, we're all going through a, a, a pause of life, you know, a change of life. Uh, things that, uh, like Arsenio Hall used to say, things that make you go, hmm, what's, you know, what's really going on out here? But uh, whatever it is on a daily basis that all of us are trying to figure out, put together, there's a string of positivity, y'all. You know, we can't get that twisted. We can't let that go over our head. Uh, the, and let's be real about it, the confusement that we feel the uh the pains that we feel the the angers that we feel all of those 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 humanistic emotional i'm not a psychiatrist i'm not a therapist but i'm just one who's dealing with the same thing y'all are you know and that's what we call it you know I, I know sometimes my my anger at what's going on my confusement of what's going on i know each and every one of you are dealing with yours in your own way you know and and sometimes it's hard to really understand and remember that there's a positive thread in these 24 hours. You know, every day that I wake up and open my eyes, hey, just the fact that I open my eyes gives me that pop of positivity to start my day. When I put my foot down on the floor and start my day walking to wherever it is that I'm walking to, it's in addition to my positivity for that day, y'all, you know? You know, we can look at it like this, I guess, you know? That, uh, you know, if it's not fine, if, if, if our health is good, but our finances is, is kind of in question, let's be thankful for the health that's good. If our finances are good, but our health is in question, let's be thankful that the, that the other side is good. There's always something that we can be thankful for. 
And uh, the emails that I've been getting here, y'all, are just incredible from around the world. Um, I'm using my Google Translator a lot more because I'm able to talk with others in other languages <clears throat> that are sharing their positivity during their time. I mean, of course, our family here in the U.S., you know, our folk in all over the country that are, are, are tuning in, and, and I welcome you all the time. And our family's growing, y'all. Y'all got Positivity Posse brothers and sisters in Germany and France, uh, over in Africa, um, uh, you know, Brazil. It's grown, you know, and that's all in our small way that we wanted to do from the get-go. It's just kind of like that positive fire, y'all, to say we're all in this together and we're going to be okay, you know. Our doctors, our nurses, um, our first responders, our, all of our medical staff and team that's doing their thing, putting their life on the line every single day to try and, and do what they can professionally and, and from their heart, you know, to, 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 to care for uh, the first line people uh, that, that, that need their help during these, the first of the, the one of these two viruses that we're dealing with, you know, coronavirus that's affected the whole world. It's put us on pause, y'all. Um, you know, and, and, and I thank everybody, our market workers, our truck drivers, our, our sanitation workers, our, our teachers who are preparing. We don't know, and I don't, I don't even think the teachers know exactly how this next school year is going to go. But the warriors that the teachers are, you know, the fighters that the teachers are, they're preparing themselves to continue educating our babies. We have to give it up to our babies. Come on, imagine this, what they're seeing, this change of life, what their parents are going through, their, their, own, their own daily life of what they're going through, you know? Hey, <laughs> this, this, this togetherness is a real thing. And when we're together in positivity, y'all, it's unstoppable, you know? And that second virus of racism, y'all, that's been here generationally, that's not been a secret as well. And a lot of platforms, <laughs> far from a secret. It's been made very clear that this virus of racism is real. This virus of racism is a, is a virus for real. But my positivity in that, y'all, is that the voices that began with these protests here around the world, especially here in the U.S., are young ones that went out there and voiced what it is that their fears, their angers, their concerns. You know, hey, that's a positive move that, that there's something that's being thought felt that 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 my generation and even older, when we see our youngins that jump started this thing, y'all, we got to leave that gate open. You know, we, we have to be there to learn from our young ones and our young ones then can learn from us as well. It's going to take that back and forth, that, that, that communication, y'all, that because uh, if they don't talk to us, they don't talk to somebody. They don't talk to somebody, y'all. And, and, and we need to be the ones that that voice, that heart that says, come on in here. Let's learn from each other, y'all. That gives me positivity every day. Um, you know, I, I want to do something today because, like I said, this is our last Saturday uh, that we'll broadcast uh, either at one o'clock or three o'clock. But as you know, I work with some incredible co-producers, y'all. Uh, we started this dream together. And uh, like I said, we're, of course, as many of you know, we're on Facebook Live. This is not CNN, SiriusXM, none of that. <laughs> 
But for those of you who take your time to come in and join us, you know, it feels like, you know, the, 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 the greatest gift that we could look at, every, one of the greatest gifts that we look at every week is to be able to sit here and join our Positivity Posse family. So on behalf of Chris, my brother, Julie, my sister, and Wendy Vaughn, um, you know, we, 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 I want to bring Wendy on, y'all, to, to kind of talk a little bit, and because and, we have people that comment. And once the show gets going, you know, sometimes we miss the comments, and we get into the flow of the conversation with these incredible people who've taken their time to come on, uh, just as our guest today has taken his time. Um, and, but I want to bring Wendy on and we kind of want to just talk positivity just for a little bit, you know? Wendy, are you there with me, girl? I am here. How yeah. are you? <laughs> You're doing, girl. I'm wonderful. And I know our guest is on and I just want him to know I'll bring you on as soon as uh, my director here tells me. I didn't want him to see. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, and as y'all know, we have the incredible Dr. H. Gene right here with us, Wendy, who, you know what, Wendy, it just hit me this morning that Dr. Wright is our first repeat guest. He's the first guest. Yes, he is, and I want to say he almost kicked us off after my mom. I think he was our very first guest after that, which was all amazing. I was like, That's whoa, right. he's heavy. <laughs> I loved it. Oh, man, Dr. Wright is, is just, and I can't, you know, we get into this conversation and, and he educated me that this is Minority Mental Health Awareness Month. I thought that was, I was telling a lot of my students, I work at a um, university here in Los Angeles called Cal State LA, and mm -hmm. most of the students we work with are minority students, people of color, and from underserved and under-resourced areas. So I asked them to come on as well as just my friends, because a lot of them tend to be in the uh, social work type or, you know, human services type of fields. And it's important to, why do you think it's important to shout out the minority part of it? Because aren't, aren't, aren't we all going through this, you know? Wendy, that's a question I cannot wait to get to Dr. G. You're Absolutely. right, that's literally at the top of my list. <laughs> Yeah. Question. And Wendy, what do you get from, first of all, congratulations on all that you're doing with these young people, you know, and, and right now, what's the vibe out here with our, with our now generation about life itself? <sighs> you know, I, I'm now working at a university and I work with the youngest students I've ever worked with because of these amazing outreaching programs we do. And so quite a bit of my work is in the middle school. And now I think even our youngest students in fourth grade. And you see it where their energy is really focused, you know, really makes how they feel about themselves and what and, and, and then how they present themselves in the classroom or any type of scholastic setting. Mm -hmm. So students who were for the very first time um, out here in Watts area and other parts of um, East LA and Central Los Angeles, South Central Los Angeles, they came to Cal State LA for the first time. And these are our middle schoolers. Yeah. And we were trying to connect with them on some things. And some of them actually were just like, we were giving away money. We were giving away like free money, gift cards, stuff they could oh, go right and buy on. stuff. Right and we couldn't get them to be excited about anything mm. they were like yeah okay. yeah okay. and so one of them said you know 
I didn't take my, my, my medicine today. And they said my meds and about 10 students in that group all raised their hands and basically started talking about how they had forgotten to take their meds. And then one young lady talked about, you know, having severe um, anxiety and even suicidal ideations. These students are middle school, just out of sixth grade, seventh and eighth grade. Wow. And the music that they're listening to is different from the music that, you know, maybe some other people that I've heard, you know, are listening to. So right there in my face, I'm looking at the result of what you feed yourself mm -hmm. and how that spills into your actual world. But I can't, they're, they're, they're too, I don't blame anybody. We're all doing the best we can with what we have. Right and, um, but I know that where they are and what they've been given, mm -hmm. uh, some of the students out here at a very young age are experiencing things that you normally hear yeah. older people may be yeah. going through, but it's happening at a younger age. So that was interesting to me. That's right. That's right. You know what? Thank you for that insight, girl, because, you know, like I always try to say, my generation and older, and there's a lot of us that feel the same way. We love leaving that gate open to be able to say, hey, y'all, younger generation, come in and talk to us. And, 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 we, and we'd love to come out and talk to y'all, but let's, let's talk. You know what I mean? And because we're, we're both able to learn from each other. And, and Wendy, I see our people lining up on these comments here, you know? Oh, hey, Julie, our sister and co-producer, Julie McKnight. Julie says, our babies feel the change for sure. That's true. Right on, yes. Julie. And y'all blow us up with your comments. You yes. know, and, you know, let us know how you feel and what you think and what you want to say. And Wendy and I were talking that we want to start incorporating this in each and every episode, a segment, you know? Where we can definitely have all of the people watching because we both get, you know, different things as we're reposting. And um, I have Jimmy Taylor. This is one bad musician right here, boy. He's played with everybody. Oh, my Jimmy. positivity is working on um, working on it in my studio, my friends, my family, health, mental, physical, and spiritual. Nothing drastic, but a simple phone call or Facebook acknowledgement. You know, he just likes to make sure that he lets people know that they're being thought of. Yes, right on, Jimmy. Right on, yeah. Yeah, Jimmy. And over in France, uh, 17 and 7, Astrid says, one million times better than CNN. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, merci beaucoup, Astrid. Thank you so much, girl. Thank you so much. Well, hey, I like like my big brother Wayne says, it's not the toys, it's the noise. That's what it's you're the daddy. noise. Hey, that's what he says. And it's because when you turn on CNN, if you're just getting information, that's one thing. But after having it going, playing nonstop, negativity and yeah. how they're covering what's mm -hmm. going on right it, it it starts to do something different to you even if you're not trying to be positioned there just just feeding yourself that noise mm -hmm. that's right mm -hmm. that's right and brother bryant bryant what's going on man brian taylor says appreciate your show you've kept us uplifted and informed with relevant information oh peace and blessings brother see when, what it's all about that is what it's all about, man. Brian, thank you. We, I'm telling you, I get excited. And, you know, I'm over here working the controls, but just being able to hear all the stories and how everyone's life has gone through something and, like, and their outlook, that's inspiring. That's right. That's right. <laughs> 
That's right. That's right. Well, you know what? Before we go over, do you have anybody else on your list here that wants to shout out? We have Courtney Morrow, another musician. He said he's just making sure that his family is well, staying healthy. That's really his main focus. And of course, his strong, faithful connection to God. That's what's keeping him through. Oh, wonderful. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Oh, man, you know what? And that spiritual connection, and I don't care what it is, mine, you know, I, it's God, it's, it's, it's Father, Son, Holy Ghost, that's my thing. And yeah. Whatever someone's belief is spiritually, I don't care, Islam, Buddha, uh, self-awareness, whatever your spiritual growth is, as long as it's positive, I'm all for it, man. Mm-hmm. I'm all for it. I'm leaving mm-hmm. that NATO, even in that. I love it. Oh, and then this one young lady, Yolanda Covington. My positivity is going live with words of encouragement through encouraging. I am encouraged. Come on, wait, say that again. Do that one more time. My positivity is going live with words of encouragement through encouraging. I am encouraged. What's now? Who sent that? Her name is Yolanda Covington. And I have to say, What she says is like when people, you have to get this too, Uncle Vic. You've been going hard. I mean, you know, I'm over here like you always giving me credit for, you know, young, young bucking it and stuff. But I'm learning all kinds of stuff from you and hitting it back to back and being consistent with that. You know, I know that's your energy going out to so many people. But how does that feel when it comes back? Like, is that is that encouragement similar to what Yolanda is saying here? Oh, my goodness. I can't explain it, Wendy. Sometimes during the week, uh, I'll just remember either the, 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 the episode we like did just that previous weekend or others. And just the fact that I'm feeling like, you know what, man, these are we're connecting with people all over the world who are taking their time to just kind of come together of this positive community. And that just gives me such gasoline to jump to the next one. <laughs> yeah, it does. Very it cool. Does. Awesome. Well, yeah. wonderful. Wonderful. Yes, everyone's still coming. Well, you guys keep the, keep the comments yeah. coming. I'll yeah. make sure that if you have any questions as we're going through, yes. that I'll make sure that um, they'll, they'll, they'll get over to our guests. Yeah. Yes, you've got it. Much love, much respect, Wendy. Thank you Thank for all you. All you do. Absolutely. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, you know, like, like, like we say, we, um, it's real. It's something that we, you know, we look forward to this, uh, making sure that my screen is, is, is on the right thing here. Um, but uh, yeah, all right. So, we know that every weekend, I can't tell you, it's from the heart. It, 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 to, to join others who feel like, you know what, we just want to pull away from the realities, the negative, the, the heavy realities that, that, that are going on in the world, to just kind of share this positive moment, you know? And today, y'all, uh, like I said, uh, I was educated by our guest um, today that this is Minority Mental Health Awareness Month. And as we know, there are so many of us who are affected either directly or indirectly with mental health, with the whole issue of mental health. Um, And through this uh, 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 being affected, uh, many of us, you know, need an education, a continual education 
of just what it is that the, 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 the person, uh, either our loved one or even those we may not know, just what the whole um, uh, uh, subject of mental health is about. But then those of us who are either affected directly or those of us who are affected by family and friend uh, inclusion, uh, what it, you know, how, how it affects us and how do we relate? Those are some very important issues, y'all. Um, and today, uh, this, like I said before, our guest today, Dr. H. Gene Wright II, is our second return, well, he's our first return guest for the second time uh, here at the Victor Brooks Show Facebook Live Quarantine Series, and that's special to us. And every month we are going to, we can't, we haven't decided whether it's going to be the first month or the final, uh, I mean, the first uh, week Sunday or the final Sunday of the month, but we're dedicating um, one of those Sundays, and look for your promos, we'll let you know, to that episode will be dedicated to the furtherment and education of mental health and uh, what it is we need to know and uh, the whole concept and subject of mental health. Uh, we're dedicating either the first uh, Sunday or the last Sunday of the month, but we'll let you know. And, uh, but let me, let me remind to some and, uh, and, and, and introduce to others um, our incredible guest here. Dr. H. Gene Wright II is the founder and CEO of Wright Media Company, a marketing, entertainment, research, and training development company that focuses on finding solutions for healthcare professionals, pastors, and leaders, military installations, educational centers, and individuals who need them. Dr. Wright is a highly sought out and in-demand clinical and forensic psychologist who is an accomplished wellness and mental boundary removal expert <laughs> who will share with us today his groundbreaking limitless technology to install the core values, belief, systems, and essential spiritual techniques that he has developed to assist educators, organizations, teams, ministries, students, leaders, counselors, healthcare professionals, families, and individuals that make it possible to push beyond their present to a more enriching reality and existence. All using the right method, W-R-I-G-H-T method, right on, that has endeared him to many throughout the nation. Dr. Wright is personable thought-provoking, and it's been said that he is mentally delicious. So get all you can while he's here with us today, y'all. In short, Dr. Wright is a force to be reckoned with. He has seen a lot in his 25 years of service to governments, in prisons, in classrooms, and in communities all around the country, and today around the world. Domestic violence, trauma, stress, and various types of mental health issues all seem to run for cover whenever the right method is deployed, W-R-I-G-H-T. Lastly, Dr. Wright has a new book that he'll tell us about today and has graciously agreed to share his contact information during our conversation. Dr. Gene will also give us his information to communicate with anyone who is in need of a speaker or consultant to provide proven solutions for the right solution. 
Ladies and gentlemen, it's my honor to welcome back for the second time to our Positivity Posse community, Dr. H. Gene Wright II. Dr. Wright, are you on with us? There he is, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, Vic, how's it going, man? Oh, man, like I always try to say, I'm too blessed to be stressed. At least I try to be, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you, man. I love it. I love it. Oh, man, Dr. Wright, thank you for joining us again today. Yes, yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And thank you also for letting me know about this being Mental Health Awareness Month. I had no idea. Minority <laughs> Mental Health Awareness Month. Yes, yes, absolutely. You know? Uh, yeah. Dr. Wright, as we always like to start, man, but with yours, I have to start with this. A merry heart has healing powers. Mm -hmm. Go heal somebody today with your smile. That's yours. <laughs> you know, what is it about a smile, Dr. Wright? What is the healing power of, the, of, of a smile? Well, I'm going to give you two answers, Vic. Okay. Scientific answer first. In our face called mirror neurons okay. and when you smile it, it matches and so the person in front of you they automatically are attracted to that and then the neurons in their face the muscles in their face want to imitate and duplicate what they see and so mm. they now too that's the scientific answer the other answer is when you see somebody friendly coming in front of you it makes you want to lower your guard to be friendly too and so when you look at it the bottom line is we are attracted to something that is positive. It is extra work. It is extra hard to be negative. It is actually easier to be positive. It is easier to be happy, but people have been beat down and run down so much that they find themselves uh, just uh, by default going into the negative. But when somebody smiles, even if you don't feel like it, Vic, if you just, just do it right now, just, just put a smile on, even though just fake it, just put a smile on. Brother, sometimes I just can't fake it, man. I love to but see when you do face. this, see, see, watch my face, baby. <laughs> now, the mirror neurons now are attracted, and now you are attracted to my yes. yes. And it almost forces you to smile back. Right, 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 right. That's, That's it. the power of positivity. Look at that. People are saying I'm cheating right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And when you wake up, when you wake up and it's not going that way for you, Put that smile on your face and watch how your day changes. And watch how your day changes. That's watch true. how your day changes. Yeah. Brother, somebody please, else's day. What is your positivity, even through this time? Does it is it a is it a is it a, a, a has it always been the same or does it change? What's your positivity? Period. My positivity and, and, and Wendy and I were talking about this offline when we were preparing is is service. I love helping people. And so when I think when you think of the word ministry. A lot of people automatically go to the first obvious definition of, of religion or some type of religious office or something like that. But if you read down in the definition of ministry, you will find the word service. Hmm. So service is what I embrace. Since I was a child, my parents raised me to be a servant leader. And what that means is that you lead by serving. You, you, you uh, help others and then that helps you. And so that is my positivity is that no matter what's going on in my life, I can always fall back on the fact that yesterday, today, and tomorrow, I'm going to help somebody. Come on, man. That's it. Right on. It's about that helping somebody. Man, you're almost like Uncle Richard used to say, you make my toe shoot up in my boot. Because that's <laughs> like, you know, that was a little Richard, Richard on there. But, man, you know what? But that's what it's all. And that's why, as you well know, why 
we've dedicated our weekends, uh, Chris, Julie, uh, myself, and Wendy, to, to just sharing this hour, taking a time out to just say, you know what, let's try to help somebody. You know, because in helping them, like Wendy just mentioned, with helping anyone that comes and takes their time to come on and share this conversation with us, oh man, that's like medicine to my soul, Doc. Because yeah, I think I have a good chance of doing my best, as big as I am, to keep up with Hussein Bold anytime something negative comes my way. <laughs> I'm putting on my positive shoes, my uh -huh. positive track outfit, and I'm Boom! Don't bring, you know, like the Wiz said, don't bring me no bad news. I know that's life. <laughs> you know, that's life. you got to deal with that, right? But right. Uh, thank you again, Doc. And, and because this is mental, minority mental, let's start there. Okay. We know that mental health is a, is a multicultural, multi-ethnic, multi-generational thing. Why the need for a minority mental health Awareness Month. Why the focus on minority mental health? Yes. Uh, what I can tell you is I can't tell you why the organizers of it did it that way. But what I can say is thank you to them. Yes. Because they recognize that although we're all going through some difficult times, it is not the same. I'll give you an example. This pandemic um, that, that we're going through with COVID-19, many people have said um, you know, well, we're all in the same boat. Let's let's just let's just do the best we can. We're all in the same boat, and I know what they mean, but that is not exactly accurate. We're not all in the same boat. We're in the same storm. We're in different boats. Okay, and so what they really mean is, can we row in the same direction to get through this? And so there are individuals who are suffering uh, with with uh, all types of behavioral health challenges. Could be substance use and abuse or addiction. It could be uh, trauma based on neglect or abuse. It could be a lot of things. It could be what we call the social determinants of health, which is you know poverty and uh, under-resourced, uh, food insecurities and all that. And so you may have those issues, but it doesn't mean your life is easy. It just means you don't have those issues. And so for minorities living in this country, specifically the United States of America, there are some built-in challenges in systemic racism. And there is something called racialized trauma that people mm -hmm. go through on a daily basis, microaggressions, macroaggressions, every single day, just walking outside, being a black man in America is challenging these days, okay? Uh, people may call the police on you, you're trying to walk your dog. You may be trying to jog through a park or through your neighborhood and people may think you don't belong. You may be in a store and you got folks following you around, you know, you know like you're gonna like steal something. Uh, there's all kind of microaggressions that happen so that when you think about race, when you think about discrimination, when you think about institutionalized racism, people of color in America that deal with that on a daily basis are traumatized, okay? Mm. They don't often have a word for it, but it is painful. It is painful when somebody looks at you, and people say the eyes are the windows to the soul. Mm -hmm. When somebody looks at you, can you tell if they're looking at you with disgust? I got you, got Can you, you tell if somebody's looking at you like you don't belong? Mm -hmm. Looks at you in the store, can you tell whether they're looking at you in a positive way or a negative way. You don't need a degree or be a psychologist to see when somebody's looking at you, how they're looking at you and how they treat you, what they say to you. You know, when you speak, do they speak back? And so these little microaggressions that can turn into macroaggressions follow people of color on a regular basis. And then you have the disparities in access to healthcare, meaning you may not have the same access to the level of care or resources that other people do based on those social determinants. 
So that's why there's a need to recognize that although we're all in the same storm, we're not in the boat. And that the having a month set aside to recognize those individuals that are dealing with some uniquenesses of their ethnicity in this land, it's differently than even those other people who are also dealing with some challenges. Because guess what, man, on any given day, we all in recovery from something. From that's something, right. brother. That's right. Regardless of your ethnicity, gender, all that. And so that's why there's a need for it, to just bring awareness that there is something different about being a person of color in America than it is for people who don't have that extra burden. They have other burdens. Yeah. yeah. They don't have that one. I got you. I got you. And you know what? Happy. Because right now when you see these back, so many people are saying, you know, deep heavy, real truth, you know, because this is a core of understanding that I know myself. And that's why I love having you on, Doc, because I, I want to be educated on as much as I can be um, as part of the society, but also having mental illness as a direct uh, situation in my life, you know, and so the more education I can get, my family can get, we can get, and us as a community, man, I think that's, I know that's a healing, you know, start, step, but you said something that's heavy, man, because, you know, you broke it down as far as uh, what's happening socially within the minority community itself and how almost like a domino effect of things, whether it's uh, systemic racism, lack of certain health care, different uh, 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 details that you brought in. Would it be far-fetched then, Dr. Gene, to say that mental health in the minority communities may have a generational effect, like starting back all generationally in our communities, let's say specifically the black community. I mean, we hear the, the doctors and the biological people say, you know, okay, well, uh, high blood pressure runs genetically in the black community. Uh, different other, you know, medical things genetically run uh, in the black. Can we also say that mental illness has the same effect? Absolutely, and I'm glad you used the term intergenerational. Uh, there, there's a, a, a section in my book where I talk about the intergenerational transference of trauma, the wow. intergenerational transference of pain, the intergenerational transference of hurt, of mistrust, of all those things. So yes, you can pass down not just eye color and hair color. You can also pass down propensity for addiction. You can pass down uh, uh, the, you know, uh, uh, depression and anxiety. You can pass down those type of challenges. Now, they can sometimes skip generations. It's not a one-to-one -one transfer, but the heritability index is what I'm really talking about. Okay. And yes, you can transfer those things down, but guess what, Vic? You can also trans, you can intergenerationally transfer positivity. Yeah. You can intergenerationally transfer a belief system that says I can do all things through God who gives me strength. You can generationally transfer an attitude of win versus loss. And yeah. so the same things that you do, we just have to be intentional, Vic. And so I got you. some medical predispositions. Yes, uh -huh. some people have higher issues with, uh, you know, diabetes and other people. Some yeah. people have other, have other issues with, with uh, cardiac uh, issues than other people. And so, yes, you can pass down those things. But you can also uh -huh. begin what we call preventive methods. So you have your risk factors yeah. and you have your protective factors. Uh -huh. What you're on your show is introducing people to protective factors. And so that intergenerational thing, it exists, 
but it doesn't mean that's the last thing that has to happen. It doesn't mean that's what you are finally. It means that one aspect of your experience in this life. It doesn't make you who you are. It doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop there. <laughs> and if that ain't a positivity for you, I don't know what it is. Cause it's like, like we said in the beginning, man, you know, when wake up in the morning and 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 I just pop my eyes open, I've I'm I'm it's a blessing to me that I've gotten into the 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 flow of it in the past few years that as soon as my eyes open, I don't care if it's a a sentence thankfulness or or I take my time of the thankfulness, I'm going to start thanking God for this moment to wake up. And that's when my positivity starts, you know? Yeah, man. You know, they're changing it there. So with possible, in other words, positivity, in essence, like you're saying, positivity has the power to change generational negativities, is what yeah, man. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, so people we, might be saying, "Oh, yeah, no, they're, they're getting etherical. They're getting uh, a whimsy. You know, that can't be that deep." I'm talking to the ones who who are, you know, in that room. But is it yeah. that simple, Doc? Yeah, it really is that simple because just like we can do things to change our disposition for the negative, we can do it for the positive. Gotcha. Okay. Example, we, we all talk about, and, and Wendy works with this, I'm sure, a lot, when you have the adverse childhood experiences. Okay, you guys have heard that. If your listeners and watchers have not heard of that, they can look that up. The original study was Kaiser Permanente, adverse childhood experiences. It really talks about the things that children go through and how if you do not resolve those traumas, those things that happen to you, you carry them with you throughout your life, okay? okay. And it actually changes your brain chemistry. Okay. Using children changes their brain chemistry. Depression, anxiety, those things that happen. Neglect changes your brain chemistry. Mm -hmm. What we found is that children are resilient. And, and so when you, when you bring them into a, a loving, caring home, which uh, you know a lot about that because you grew up in a loving, caring home where you were bringing in children right. that have gone through some difficult experiences. And did you not see them change? Oh, yes, brother. And so not even biological, you're not, these aren't even biological members of your family, but the positivity changed them before your eyes. There you go. Changed their brain chemistry. It, it gave them a rebound, if you will. And so, yes, these negative things can happen to us. Yeah. But when you start inserting that positive and you yeah. start intentionally on a daily basis, right, man, right. it starts to turn around. There you go. We don't need to go do the, the, the scientific gibberish. We can leave that out. We can simply say, we <laughs> give positive, it gives yeah. back. It gives back. It keeps on giving. Now, that's the gift that keeps on giving. That's the gift. You know? <laughs> but now, Dr. Gene, we have people, not only in the Black community, but as you mentioned now, the minority community in itself, Latino, Black, Asian community, why is there, where did that stigma come from of, I'm not going to talk about mental health, uh, no, we're not going to psychiatrists, you know, that whole thing, and we'd rather deal with it, you know, privately, yeah. I guess. Where did that, where and yeah. what? Well, now, that's a loaded question, brother. How much time you got, Vic? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I'm gonna give you the short, I'm gonna give you the Cliff Notes version. I know you can, yeah. When you are in a culture and a society that is not meant for you, that's not built for you, that's not support you, that is not about you, the last thing you wanna do is add one more thing to your list of why you don't belong, okay? 
So the, the educational system is not built for you. Uh, uh, the, the financial economic system is not built for you. Um, the social system is not built for you. And we're, you're doing your best if you are a person of color in America to acclimate. You're trying to assimilate, right? You want to accommodate. And we do that better than anybody. We got to know our own stuff and we got to know the other person's stuff too so we can stay safe and we can survive. Gotcha. So when you think back to our old heads and our ancestors and think about through the Tuskegee experiments yes. and yeah. what that did to our community, people remember the Tuskegee experiments. If there are people watching on the call, Google it, the Tuskegee experiments where our people were used as guinea pigs, you know, with uh, experiments and research and syphilis and, and with, you know, with no cures and all those things. And so there became a intergenerational mistrust gotcha. of the medical profession. There became an intergenerational mistrust of researchers. And why are you coming to study me? And, and what are you trying to do? And, and then what is that you're trying to give me? And, and, you know, and because you don't trust the person that says they're trying to help you because they haven't helped you before. Mm -hmm. And so a history, right? Generations gotcha. of misused, of, of being, uh, 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 used as experiments, when you have a generation of uh, being treated less than human, three-fifths of man will seek revenge with self-inflicted crime. When you look at those kind of things, that's where it starts big, is that there has been a built-in mistrust. And then, let's not, we don't have to go too far. When I mean, go full circle, we can go 2020. Okay. And see how certain people are treated in the healthcare system compared to other people. Okay. okay. Then you look at the paucity of physicians of color. There's less than 5% of the population uh, of, of medical professionals that are African-American, okay? Mm. And so you're not likely to be able to get a African-American doctor if that's what you're searching for, or a, or a Latinx doctor if that's what you're searching for. And you have to search, you can find it, but it's not as prevalent as if you just walk in any old doctor's office in your neighborhood. And so you put together the history, along with what's currently going on, along with what we understand as intergenerational transference, then trust has been built up over the years it's about trust yes it's about trust man well hey if the long answer is that you did the short answer like like i know dr gene would give the, the short answer because that put it in perspective for like i mentioned because you know um nami is one of my favorite go-to's mine and my family uh for a lot of reasons helps tremendously and uh, I, one thing I remember, Doc, is being able to associate with others who we had no idea that, wow, these other people are going through the same thing or these other, yeah. that, that, that feeling of community, you know? Mm -hmm. um, within the minority community, is that, I guess, it's, I guess even through your explanation, that there is probably even more of a difficulty being able to find a communal support within yeah. the minority community because we're all dealing with the, the fears and the, and the paranoids and the doubts, you know, so that I guess would make it even more frustrating for the minority families and even the person who's dealing with their own mental issue with that. Yeah, that's an excellent point, Vic. And, and the challenge uh, is, is really that most people of color in this country are probably going to access the healthcare system, both behavioral health, which includes mental health and drug and alcohol, but also the medical or physical health. They're probably going to enter that portal through the public health portal, okay. as opposed to private physicians or private hospitals. They, right. they, 
utilize the, the public system more than anybody. So you're going to get a large influx of people in the public health system. And there's, we have some excellent public health system. But then it goes back to your original question about stigma. Okay. And if you are an African-American or Latino person in America, and you are a male in America, okay, you have two strikes against you. Okay. The color of your skin, your ethnicity, and, you know, how, how males are sent, how black males are seen in this country. Okay. Do you want to add another stigma of mental health? Gotcha. And so that's why you keep it close to the vest. That's why it's, you know, don't tell the family business. That's why it's, you know, don't talk about Uncle Charlie who's got bad nerves up, you know, up, you know, you know, yeah. That's why we do that is because we don't trust the medical professionals necessarily. Mm -hmm. And we've been taught not to trust each other. Ah. What happened during survival, you come off the, the, the slave plantation and you move into Jim Crow and then now mass incarceration. Those are the three main iterations of what has happened to black males in America. And so you add to that a mental health stigma. That's why the stigma is such that people of color don't want to tell you about it. They don't want to tell anybody about it because that's one more thing you can hold against me. That's one more thing you can hold over my head. And so it is getting better, Vic. Let me just say that. Yes. Organizations like NAMI are fabulous because they allow families to come together just like you described. So they say, I am not by myself, okay? And they, we destigmatize that because the mental illness is one aspect of who you are. It's not who you are. There it's you go. a particular characteristic of there who you are. There's a lot of things about who you are. Yeah. So when people focus in on that one thing to negate all the other things, that's when it comes, turns into something negative as to, opposed to embracing the whole person, that holistic approach, embrace the whole person, including those things that are challenging. That's what makes life worth living. Embrace the whole person. The whole person, brother. That's it. And you know what, man? While you were describing that, uh, talking about the stigma in our community and not wanting to, you know, to, 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 to put it out there, as we say, put it on Front Street or whatever. Mm -hmm. I have, not only because, and I'm talking about Dave and Marla Thomas. I have to bring them in. Um, when Marla put her uh, her personal emotion and feeling and experiences, as I'm going to say, out there, you know, those of us who knew of what it was in our own worlds that she was and Dave were dealing with, their whole family were dealing with, the respect level that myself and so many others um, it added to the respect we already had for them as individuals, but then to know what they're going through and them to put it out there, Gene, you, what you just said summed it up, that step eight, for this thing to grow and for this positivity to, there has to be a ceiling that has to crack. There has to be something that's, that opens up that communication, that outlet. Much respect to David Marlin. But you see what I'm saying on that, Doc? Oh, yeah, yeah. And that's why one of the things that you and I have talked about offline is, is, is uh, my, my Mental Health Global Outreach Missions Ministry. Exactly, yes. The whole purpose for that is what you just said. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at how I'm, I'm trying to serve uh, you know, starting in Philadelphia and, and still doing that and, and then going around to different countries, mostly um, uh, cities, mostly on the East Coast. And then I started getting calls, man, from the Philippines and, 
and Nigeria and text messages. And now that we've been quarantined, I'm getting more of those from gotcha. different countries who have seen me on the 3ABN program or different yeah. things saying, hey, you know, what, what can, can you come and do this and do that? But now I don't have to come. They're like, hey, we set you up to talk to us about this. And this is what I found out, Vic, as I started researching. The World Health Organization estimates approximately 450 million people with mental illness, the prevalence around the world. And so what that told me is, if we're gonna crack this ceiling of stigma, if we're gonna crack this ceiling of embracing the whole person, if yes. we're gonna crack this ceiling of love and happiness for everybody yeah. and respect, then we have to do it worldwide. We have to do it global. And so my thought was, then what we need to do is connect to people around the world of like minds. You have to connect with like-minded people because you just described what it did for you when yes. you went with NAMI and found some like-minded people. Right. That's it was empowering. Yes. You felt embraced, yes. were accepted, right? You were a part of a community and a family maybe that you didn't choose to be a part of, but since you're in it, it's good to have somebody there standing next to you. That's, right. That's what we have to do around the world, Vic, is we have to empower people so that they know, regardless of what city, what country, wherever yeah. they that you are loved, <laughs> and this aspect of your life is not who you are totally. That's right. It's one aspect of who you are. Oh man, you know what? Hey, I'm, I'm, some people may be listening at this and saying, "How is you know how are they able or wanting or even seeing a positive thread in this?" But what you just said, Doc, that's so positive to me, man, because that incorporates hope that yes. incorporates a sense of it's going to be all right but it's going to take all of us it's going to yes. take sitting down and learning from professionals like yourself it's it's going to sit down it's going to take sitting down in, in those community vibes that we talk about you know um I, I don't know i'm just going to put it out there there's been a there's been a conversation that the church and i know you are the the expert that I would respect to answer this and address this point, but that the church itself, whether, you know, whether it's Baptist, Seventh-day Adventist, Catholic, whatever, the church itself as a whole, which in the minority community has always been a sense of haven. It's been a place that, that, that we can go to for our, for our soul salvation and our healing. But a lot of us in the community don't feel that there has been enough from the church itself. Like I've said, not any particular denomination, but the church itself. In yeah. your efforts and, and your journey, do you find this to be true? Or do you find this to be lacking? You know? <laughs> well, you don't ask no easy questions, do you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going off our people that, that are showing stuff, you know? I got you, man. Let me start off by saying shout out to Dr. Brian Taylor, who, who commented on your show earlier. Yes. Uh, yeah. Shout out to, uh, to, to Keith Goodman. And, and right on. Right uh, on. Thank you. Uh, shout out to Dr. Quentin Robinson, who Come I on. met at, uh, at the Seminary, <laughs> Youth Lutheran Seminary. And, and what I would say is this, that one of my goals before um, I take my last breath on this earth, besides the, the Mental Health Global Outreach Mistress Ministry, is to connect churches, clergy, imams, rabbis, non-denominational, doesn't matter, right. with the understanding of how together we can make a difference for people who do rely on the faith community. Right. And 
a lot of my writing, a lot of my, my research and publishing has really centered around how to do that. So part of my right method, W-R-I-G. Yes, I love that. Yeah. Is working with ministers, churches, masjids, uh, uh, and then individuals who run those. So really it's more of a global piece from the standpoint of organizationally and really helping them understand that you don't have to be the expert in mental health. I got you. I'm not the expert in uh, religion. Gotcha. You got me. <laughs> when, I need, when I need that, I know who to call. When you know what I do, call me. Right? And so together, what I've tried to tell clergy, what I've tried to tell uh, uh, these different faith leaders is, you don't have to do this on your own. I know they don't teach this in the seminary. It's okay. That's why you have people in the community that are supposed to work together. And so I can say, Vic, with utmost confidence that there are many faith communities that do get it. Right. There are faith communities sort of reaching out, which is why my phone is blowing up off the hook and, and yeah. all that. Yeah. They're asking, they're saying, I mean, I did some stuff just this past summer, man, work for some faith organization. I won't name who they are, yeah. but I've done things this summer where I, 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 I did uh, health and wellness seminars for a clergy. I did um, impact of trauma in communities of faith because that's wow. a they are asking, Vic. They are asking for assistance. They are asking, and they are, they are partnering with me because guess what, Vic? I don't know their world. And so I can get in and start telling people what to do. And so it's like, um, it's like the principal of a school. Yeah. You don't get into that school unless the principal invites you. There you go. There you go. That's right. You go into a school and say, hey, I'd like to help you out. No, yeah. the principal has to invite you. It's the right. same with these churches, synagogues, masters, and any other faith community. Fantastic asked to get it first. Yeah. The leader has to say, you know what? I think we need to bring in Vic Brooks to help us with A, B, C, and D. We need to bring in Wendy Bond to help us with A, B, C, and D. And then when you get that invitation from the leader, then the other people are like, oh, okay, well, I guess it's yeah. so okay. And yeah. so yes, we can help each other. Yeah. Not trying to be experts in the other person's <laughs> Right. Let's just work together. That's right. That's right. That's right. We know our lane, and that yeah, man. You know, you know our lane. And but you know what? I, but another positivity of it is, is that in each of our lanes, we're all just trying to make it make sense. You yes. know, we're yes. all just trying to whether it's the mental health, whether it's the two viruses I call it, the corona and racism. Whatever it is, just life itself, we're all just trying to make it make sense. And 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 as an update, for, speaking of minority mental health. We know that even in our government, in our, in our local government, our federal government right now, Doc, that there has been a focus and a heavy conversation on uh, terms like defunding police or, or using funds to go to specific um, uh, professionals, you know, and one of those has been the mental health area you know that that instead of calling the police or the law enforcement on an individual who is bipolar or whatever their their mental state is at that time that it would do better for the the, the theme is or the, the 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 outreach is that it would be better to call a mental health professional rather than a local law enforcement i.e because certain people have been killed because they didn't, the law enforcement didn't understand where this person was coming from, 
or wrongfully imprisoned or the help wasn't giving, given to that individual. So when it comes to the outcry of our social, and I see people who are commenting on this right now on the line as well, it's a heavy point. It's necessary. What are your feelings on that? Well, it, this is apropos of this conversation because uh, I was on several Zoom calls this week um, with, with city commissioners uh, in Philadelphia about this very topic. Oh. And the programs is part of my, you know, one of my many uh, blessings is to be able to work in the city of Philadelphia. And, and I'm over, you know, the, uh, behavioral health and justice for the city. And we are, we work with police on a regular basis. Okay. And one of the things I like to clear up is the, the, the use of the word defund the police. Yeah. That's a lot of negative publicity of late. What people are really talking about is reallocating resources. Which the word defund, it sounds like people are saying break up the police, take the money and, and, and do something else with it. What they're really saying is before you give any additional money, before you give raises and all that, take that part of money mm -hmm. and give it into social services. So I know it sounds like we're splitting hairs here, but it really is an important point that we're not really saying let's get rid of the police. Mm -hmm. He's really saying it like that. Okay, mm -hmm. they're saying in Los Angeles, but we don't want the police to be gone in Los Angeles. Let me just tell you that. No, we don't. No, we don't. Okay, we don't want the police to be gone in Philadelphia. No. Okay, we want the police. Right. So that's not what they're saying. What they're saying is, can we take that extra pot of money that's automatically rubber stamped and voted, mm -hmm. and take that and use it in a way that actually can help the police? Like they probably, and I'm telling you, man, I do change with police every month. They're not looking forward to those calls that they have to go out and it's somebody who is not in their right mind. Yes, give us that other side. Okay, what let me give you that we side of it. That. We, so we, we, we do training, and this is all over the country, not just in Philadelphia, called crisis intervention training. Okay. And mental health professionals and others who work with the police, it's a one-week training. They take police offline for one week, and we train them in things about the, the, the autism spectrum disorder, uh, mental health challenges and behaviors with uh, children and youth. That's the one that I teach. Um, adults, we talk, we talk to them about the uh, crisis system in their city, where people that you believe may be having a mental health crisis, as opposed to taking them to the jail, you can take them to the crisis resource center or the crisis response center. We teach them all these things, all right? But you're not going to get 100% of the police in that class. And so, yes, you may have those individuals who have some challenges with understanding de-escalation. De-escalation is a part of every single police force's training, okay? So we can't look. We can't look at the minority of individuals, or the small group of individuals who clearly don't know how to de-escalate, exactly. and say that's the whole group of them. Okay, let me just say that first. Yes, I totally agree. The majority of people know their job, know how to do their job, are well trained for their job. Mm -hmm. And so we're talking about now in Philadelphia, Los Angeles, Chicago, Portland, all these major cities. Dallas is how do we work with the police? in a way that protects them, because we want them to go home to their families too. Yeah, yeah. We want the individuals who may be in, uh, on the, uh, in behavior of having some challenges that particular day, we want them to go home to their family as well. Yeah. What we're really talking about is giving the police options and making sure that they are aware of the supports in their community. And then the next thing is having a group of that, the, the social, uh, so, social services people that you mentioned, and working with the police so the dispatchers know this is a call that goes to the social worker, not to the officer. Uh, this is a call that goes to this agency, not the police. And as we bring those things together, and there are models around the country, 
we have models, uh, Vic, where, where we have social workers riding along with police officers. That's one method. We have models where what I just described, where the call doesn't even go to the police, it goes to the social services. Yeah. And we have calls, because guess what? There are situations that are dangerous and there are, and there are weapons involved. And those calls you want the police, okay? So it doesn't have to be one size fits all. It has to be a collaboration. We have something in Philadelphia we call aligning, integrating, and coordinating. Okay. That's what we have to do. Just like I just described mental health professionals working with the faith community, we have to have the same thing with social services working with the police. Mm -hmm. Integration, coordination. Gotcha. We want people to go home safe and we want people to get the treatment that they deserve and we want police officers to go home safe as well. Yes. Perfect. Man, you've cleared up so much with that right there, you know, because like I say, a lot of us on the outside looking in, we have no idea. We have no clue, especially the family members of the, the dealing or the, or the close friends or the- Can I just add two things? Talk to me. Let me just add two things that for your audience. The yes. two ones that police officers dread the most, the first one is domestic violence. Okay. That's the call they don't want. Mm -hmm. Other one is when they suspect that a person may be suffering with a serious mental illness. The first one, the domestic violence call, is usually dangerous. Gotcha. Because when you come in that kind of thing, there's something going on in a, in a house. Yeah. Walking in on something. Mm -hmm. The enemy now. They may have been fighting each other, but now you're the enemy. Gotcha. Show up as law enforcement. Yeah. And then the other one is because it's misunderstood. Misunderstood. Mm -hmm. Of these things man we can we can help with training so that people do not have to be in a position to be fearful of a situation or circumstances that mm -hmm. they've been prepared for come on you don't want people in a situation that have guns and badges that feel ill-prepared gotcha you want the opposite of that and so i just wanted to throw that in so that your listeners and watchers come understand come on. that people wearing uniforms are human too and yes. fears and they have these challenges mm -hmm. but the thing of i don't know what i'm walking into I don't know what I'm walking into. And if you just put yourself in that position and when you when you start thinking about what am I going into and then you have your hand on your hip, you know, you, you don't want that person making a rash decision. Hey, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Where we can no, help. Not at all. Either way. We want to provide training. There you go. To support people so that they know that the social service network is here for you. That's, That's right. You know what, Dr. Gene, you know, and, and on the show, I always like to say that, you know, we, 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 we don't have a problem with all police force. We need our police force. Yes, it's, we do. It's the, it's the positive police that we have your back as a community. Yeah. The positive police that 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 that, that we, we understand, we, 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 we're with you on that. But all we ask, put a foot to the negative ones that don't. That's all we ask. You know, and, and don't fight so hard to help them get a job back. Yeah, and, and which, but what the positive, Dr. Gene, of what you're giving, and wait till you see these comments, man, because I'm not the only one feeling this right now. But what you're giving us is such a jewel of positivity in a whole vibe of negative feelings that the world's going through right now. You know, yeah. it, it's a sense of hope. It's a sense of, 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 of there's, a, there's, there's something there that we can start hanging our hat on. You know, yeah. as a community and as family members itself. Fantastic, Doctor. And you're and I have to give it up also to Helena Titus out here in Los Angeles. 
Helena is on a mission of, of herself, man, where she's, she does, a, a, she works with the underemployed the, through mental health as well and different social organizations that literally is tapping into a lot of the same needs that, that you're doing in Philadelphia. Much respect, Helena, keep up the fight. Dr. Jean, man. Yes, sir. Come on. Man, man it's about humanity, man. We need to get our humanity back, man. That's it. Recognize, man, that we're all trying to. Didn't you say this at the beginning of the show? We're all just trying to make it. But you know what? I, you know who I got that from? I got that from you. That's yeah. right. <laughs> and any given day, most of us are doing the absolute best we know how to do. Now, break that one down. Break that okay. one down. Yes. All right, I'll write that one down. It's in my brain. I ain't going to forget it. It's there. <laughs> But break down why that is such a positive uh, takeaway, you know? Because it, it, it comes from an old biblical uh, thing, and, and I'm not going to be able to quote it because that's not my area of expertise, but we got Dr. Brian Taylor on the line. He can probably find where it is. But ahead, it's the whole thing about, you know, you know, before you try to pick a, a, a splinter out of your brother's eye, why don't you try to get that beam out of your eye? There you go. Really comes from, and so when I talk about on any given day, most of us are doing the absolute best we know how to do. When you embrace that and realize that, you're much more forgiving of your brother, Come your on. sister, that person who accidentally stepped on your toe when they went around the corner in the grocery store. Yeah. You know, but you see those people who fly off the handle and lose it at the at the slightest bit of, of disrespect that they think that something else is going on. It wasn't that cart that bumped into them that set them off. They had a they were a time bomb ticking, man. <laughs> I talk about one of the things I talk about in my book, Vic, is talking about the difference between the slow, uh, uh, the slow uh, explosion and then the implosion. Back in the day when we were kids, you knocked down a building by swinging a wrecking ball, and it slowly it hits the wrecking ball, or this wrecking ball hits the building, and slowly the building crumbles. Well, life is that wrecking ball. Mm -hmm. We are the building. With each successive blow, we don't go down with the first blow. It takes time and that wrecking ball to keep hitting the building before the building crumbles. Then you got those folks that are like the new way of tearing down a building. You just set dynamite around the foundation. You go off a little bit and you just push the button, right? We got some folks walking around waiting to explode, just waiting to explode. And so that implosion, that, 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 that whole, I cannot handle what is happening to me. You may think, well, how do you get in an argument? Have you ever been in an argument with somebody and you fighting about something and it wasn't really what you was fighting about? Oh yeah. An attitude for a month. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna make it real for those on the on the audience. Y'all got into an argument, and it had nothing to do with the little thing y'all arguing about. It had a lot to do with what happened last week that you didn't finish processing. <laughs> you know? And so it comes out in the argument. Well, guess what? That happens with strangers. We have people walking around carrying assault rifles, talking about I don't have to wear a mask. Okay, come on, man. What what, what what's really going on here? We have people walking around insulting one another, calling the police on people because I don't like how you look and you're in the wrong neighborhood. Come on, man. What, what is that really? And so you have people who are angry. You have people who are hurt. You have people who don't know how to process that. And so they take it out on another human being. That's what I mean when I say we have to get our humanity back. We have to stop looking at each other as the enemy. And we have to start looking at each other as part of the solution for all of us. I do it without you, Vic. You cannot do it without me. And the people that are on this call, we need each and every one of you to take that attitude of positivity because that's what's going to turn the apple cart over on this negativity. Come on now. 
Come on, turn that apple cart over on this negativity, brother. Yeah, that's old. That's old country. Turn the apple cart over. That's hey, well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, come on, brother. Gene, Doctor Gene yeah. Wright the second. You did it to us again, man. You brought us this education of an incredibly serious and touchy subject for us and not just those of us who are, are are affected but for society itself man and you've given us that thread of positivity man of hope you know of of direction of understanding and uh for those of you that may have had a question like i said in the beginning how are you gonna talk about mental health with a positive well this is how it's done you sit down and you talk about it you communicate with it. You know, you're open. You bring someone in who is not just been there, done, done that like Dr. Gene, but who is doing it, you know, who's yeah. making an effort to, 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 to educate and bring this whole thing together. Dr. Gene, we can't, we thank you again. Would you join us once a month, Doc? Would you do that? Man, on it would be my privilege and my pleasure. <laughs> Us I tell you, man. Us it makes man. my day, man. Can I, can I leave your listeners with one thought? Oh, yes, please. Well, actually, and, leave us with two because we want to hear about the book, please. Okay. So the, the one thought I want to leave you with, and this is something that I've embraced recently, and it's really helped me uh, really stay uh, focused when things are not going like I would like them to go. And this is a quote from Mark Twain. The two most important days in your life are the day you were born and the day you find out why. The day you find out why. And listeners, for, your, for your, your, your watchers, it is so very important that you understand the why. When you know why you're here, when you know what your mission is, then life becomes better. Notice I didn't say easier. It becomes better because now you're focused what your mission is you know why you're here you know why like you said Vic, when you wake up every day and you and you, you your eyes open your breasts and your lungs and you put your foot out and it works your foot works and you didn't do anything to make that happen mm -hmm. you know why that happened because you have a purpose here and when you have a purpose and you know why you're here nothing can stop you not disease not a pandemic not racism nothing it's not I mean it's not going to be painful but when you understand why you are on this earth and you embrace that reason and give it everything you have, that takes you through all the difficulties that we're talking about today, the other challenges that come up in life, those things that just don't seem fair. When you know why you're here, you push through all of that because you try to get to your greatest purpose because you don't want those things that happen, those circumstances, those situations to get in the way of what you are here to do. And that's what keeps me going, Vic. That's what keeps me going. I, I would love to come back uh, once a month, or however long, whenever you want me, man. What do you want me to say about the book? Oh, but I just, please let us know. Give us the name of the book again, where we can get okay. the book. I just want my people to, our people. Our yeah, positivity <laughs> our, our positivity family. That, that yeah, man. Fill us yeah. in. Okay, the name of the book is Find Strength in Your Struggle. Discover the miracle in you. And the title is significant because I'm, I'm sharing with you uh, what I went through to come up with that and to be able to share with the with the world. Okay. Uh, yeah, Dr. Gene, he's had his times 
where he didn't feel so great about things either. And so this is the combination. This book really talks about what it takes because struggle is inevitable. Come on. I want to encourage our listeners, our readers, you know, we're going to have some readers. Uh, I want to encourage our readers and our listeners not to try to avoid struggle. That is futile. Struggle is inevitable. Find the strength in your struggle. That's worth doing. And then when you do, you will discover the miracle in you. <laughs> and from the layman, right on, right on, and keep on keeping on, because I can do Yeah, man, you can get I that at Borders. You can go, <laughs> borders don't exist anymore. Barnes and Noble. Yeah. And you can go to the website, drhgene.com. You can also get it there. You can get the, uh, the uh, what's the one where you put it on your head and you, and you just listen to you? I'm old school. I like to turn yeah. it. Yeah, because you got me. The audio book. Yeah, yeah you can get the audio book, or, or you can get the one on your Kindle. I like turning pages, but I'm <laughs> <old>. <laughs> Audibles. Wendy said it's audibles. That's what Okay, it yeah, yeah. See, yeah. I got that too. I, I don't know how to use it, but I got it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on, Dr. G. All there right. it is, y'all. Man, much respect, much love, and happiness to you, Doc. Every Thank time you. that you come, take your time to join us, man. You help so many. So many, including myself, brother. Every man, time. It's a blessing to be with you, man. Thank you so much. You got it, Gene. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> you heard it again. Not only did you hear it again, I know you felt it again. You know, the gentleman that uh, was on screen with us here just now for this past hour. Um, every time, this is his second. This is the second time, and it's an honor to know he's our he's our first returner. Uh, to the Victor Brooks show, you know, and I'm pretty sure that uh, that uh, you you felt the same the first time as you did this time, and uh, we just collectively through our producers Chris, Julie, and Wendy, we're we're making the last Sunday of every month. The episode will be dedicated to mental health, where Dr. Gene will join us. Uh, and it will be myself and Dr. Gene. Uh, and we will also, uh, not only just our Dr. Gene and I, but then we'll also invite some others who will join all three of us in a communal conversation about mental health, you know? Um, I know we're working, you heard me mention uh, the incredible dynamic powerhouse couple of uh, Dave and Marla Thomas. We're putting together the schedule to have them join us as well. Um, and that's going to be such a powerful episode next month. Uh, look for your promos, you know, that we're going to uh, include them in with myself and Dr. Gene. And, and it's, you know, we're here, man. We're like, like, like we mentioned, we're all just trying to make it. We're all just trying to keep that smile as long as we can. But like Dr. Gene just said to us, y'all, it's, it's, we can't avoid the struggle. Like here, even in our social, political, uh, racial struggles here, you can't avoid the struggle. Nah, but you got to find your strength in that struggle, you know? And, and it, it fits so perfectly to, to what you hear me just banging out every episode that I give it, y'all, that we're not trying to ignore what's going on in the world. No, we're struggling. It's heavy out here. But what I always like to say is there's something there that we can take away that's a positive within them 24 hours of that day. Take away within 24 hours of that day. You know, yeah, let, let's, let's, let's do that. And um, oh, my heart is full. I can't, I love to smile, but I'm smiling double right now. Not only because of my love and respect for Dr. Gene that, that joined us, took his time to come in and join us, but, but also just the fact that I feel your love. 
Positivity Posse, I feel your positivity. I feel it. And I thank you. I don't know, social media thing, whatever it is, I don't know. I'm not an etherealist or whatever, but I'm just keeping it real that I feel you, man. I feel you on this lineup. I feel you taking the time every weekend to just sit here and join these conversations. I feel that you're going through the same thing I'm going through, but in your own way. And when we come together, y'all, that's <laughs> medicine. That's medicine. I love you, Positivity Posse. I know you're here for me, and I'm here for you as well. We're going to be all right, y'all. We're going to find strength in this struggle. You know, we are, because we're doing it right now right now and like i always like to say y'all come get some of this positivity on you you don't take a bath in it take a shower in it you know scuba dive in it i don't care uh, 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 skinny dip in it whatever you gotta do get in that positivity pool y'all and when you come out sprinkle it on anybody that you see as many that you see because that's what it's all about i love you and we'll see you next Sunday at 1 o'clock p.m. Pacific on the Victor Brooks Show Facebook Live Quarantine Series. <laughs>